The Fake Show podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Tone Factory recording studios in Las Vegas, the Craft House Brewery, Moonshot.com, Mr. Antenna, and Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. Come on, yeah, he's ready to go. Uh, look at this It's The Fake Show with Jim Tofty. That was the unfortunate sound of Rob Oliva being bitten by a Goliath bird-eating tarantula, but we'll get into that later. Rob has worked as an animal wrangler and traveled the globe in a quest to see some of the most dangerous animals face-to-face. He takes that to the ultimate level by getting stung or bitten on purpose for the History Channel's docuseries, Kings of Pain. Rob, good morning to you, sir. How you doing? Great. Good morning. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you for joining me. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the show, although I will say it does give me nightmares. Well, I'm right there with you. I'm traumatized <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. So uh, I have to ask you right away, was it your guy's idea to pitch the show to the History Channel? Uh, yes, yes and no. Uh, I, I had this idea about 10 years ago and uh, pitched it around and uh, never got anywhere. It's just it's such a liability to do a show like this to <laughs> right. about animals. Did a few things on YouTube maybe five or six years ago. And then History separately came up with this idea and co- contacted me and then my co-host, Adam Thorne, a uh, biologist from Australia. And uh, first, Adam, he didn't want to do it. He, he didn't want to get bitten and stung for, on purpose. <laughs> found out we're actually building a pain index and, and doing it for a reason. So he was in. Of course, I was in. And uh, perfect partnership with, with this guy. It, it was like uh, we clicked right away, and we had to because we're literally helping each other get bitten and stung by all kinds of animals. Yeah, and I mean, you talk about the pain index. I, I know that uh, an entomologist that you guys really respect is this Dr. Uh, Justin O. Schmidt, whose book documented and had his rankings of the agony of each of these uh, stings. I think he had something like 83 stings that he sampled. So was he bitten and stung by all these things as well? He, um, he was what we call the godfather. He, <laughs> I remember reading yeah. uh, when I was a kid back in the 80s about this index that he was putting together. And basically, it's a one to four scale of how bad an insect hurts. So, if you have a sweat bee, that's a one, a honeybee's a two, and you get to the top, you know, a, a bullet ant, warrior wasp, these things that just put you down for a while. But we thought, you know, hey, there's a lot more than insects. We could, we could expand this, maybe add some more uh, cri- criteria or more uh, categories to the scale. So, we're doing intensity duration and damage. It's incredible to me because I I think of places like Madagascar or different rainforest areas that might have some of these uh, dangerous, venomous creatures, but there are a lot of dangerous and venomous things in the United States. Oh, yeah. Um, A lot of these tie right back home because a lot of these animals are found from one species or another in, in are found in, in the United States as well as all over the world. So it'll definitely uh, tie back to home, and we're hoping to. And there's invasive species now as well. And so you might be in Florida and see a Nile monitor from Africa, or uh, you might be chilling around the, in, in the Florida Keys or, or up the eastern seaboard and encounter a lionfish that's normally in the Indian and uh, Pacific Ocean. So it's getting more relevant in, in, in that way. Plus, people are traveling more. 
it's very likely people encounter some of these animals. Is there a certain amount of time between episodes that you have to wait to let one toxin leave your body before the next one enters it? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, and we're not just building a pain index. We're recording it with all these cameras. We're, we're, we're uh, shooting a TV show. There's time schedules. And as you know, with any job, schedules get rearranged. Uh and for us, that can mean, you know, back-to-back stings and things like that. And we don't want one bite or sting interfering with the results of the next one or even the one before it. Uh, so we always at least have a day's rest in between. But the bigger thing that we noticed was just after filming a couple episodes, we need a couple weeks break to fully recover, uh, not just from you know, the bites and stings, but also from being in hot environments 12 hours a day. We're getting chased by hippos in Africa. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. Yeah, so it, it, it really wears on your body. I know that safety is a huge factor for you guys, so I'm assuming you have a group with you, maybe a venom specialist and, and doctors and things like that? Well, we've got the best. Uh, before every bite and sting, we uh, come up with animals ourselves. We have friends who are biologists who come up with animals. We run it through venom specialists and, and trauma specialists, and it goes through a long bidding process. And then we get in the field, besides having uh, you know, antivenom for anti-accidental snake bites and, and, and helicopters on standby, we have Venom 1 and Venom 2 from Florida, which is uh, a Venom response unit uh, with the fire department. We have Dr. Ben Abo and Jason Rivera there in the field with us. And these guys know how to treat venomous animal bites. So we're definitely in good hands. With you guys being bitten and stung by these different things and some that may have not been recorded before, I mean, does that help Venom 1 and Venom 2 in terms of uh, being able to come up with things that can help you recover? If anything, I feel like it's uh, helped all of us just to spot signs and, signs and symptoms because these guys are, are, are getting a unique experience. Normally they have someone who's bitten and then they see them later and they get to see beginning to end the whole process. And so I think it's a learning experience for them as well to see what happens from the moment of the biter sting all the way through. But that being said, their main job is to make sure we don't overstep and do something too dangerous uh, where they have to step in. Uh, never really want the medic to step in. We try to avoid anything that's going to cause death or permanent injuries. Uh, but that being said, you know, I got a pretty serious nerve injury uh, from the python shooting this. It's, it's a dangerous job. Yeah, was that the reticulated python? I, I think it got your ulna really caused problems. Yes, we we were looking at anatomy charts, trying to figure out where to get bitten. We were going to do, do it on the leg. Uh, we decided, you know, the arm will be fine. Uh, <sighs> there's there's a small chance it could hit something vital, and it did. It's just there's no way to eliminate risk. We're doing a very dangerous thing. So and you, anyone watching, you know what? Snakes are awesome but also give them respect. I think that's a big takeaway from this. You know, I think I had read that uh, a centipede bite was one of the worst that you had had as well. Yeah, we didn't expect that. We, we had heard so many different reports from people saying there is anywhere from a, like a wasp or a bee sting all the way up to excruciating pain. And I don't know if that was people's difference in, in experiencing pain, or I think more likely some bites are just worse than others. Just like if you eat a bunch of hot peppers, one's going to be way hotter than the rest. And uh, so we went into this giant Asian centipede thinking, you know, it's going to hurt. It's not, not going to be a big deal. And for, for both Adam and I, it was 12 hours of unrelenting pain. I mean, I was putting uh. up on myself. It was, I just couldn't believe something six inches long uh, with 100 legs. Besides being gross, 
is 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 just that brutal. You know, it, it's the only thing that really like scared me the whole time. Are invertebrates like that? Are they kind of the creepiest as far as you're concerned? Yes. Well, that's the issue for Adam and I. We're both uh, reptile guys. Uh, I also like fish a little bit. Adam likes mammals. When it comes to invertebrates, we're stepping outside of our expertise, outside of our comfort zone. Uh, I'm not a fan of centipedes. Adam's not a fan of spiders. So we're definitely going into unknown territory. Uh, and that's a danger for us, too. We have to get correct IDs. And invertebrates all look very similar to the, to the untrained eye. So uh, that's been the, the most challenging part for us is stepping into a group of animals that we're less familiar with. Speaking of spiders, tell me about the uh, Goliath bird-eating tarantula, which was pretty crazy, too, and where did you find that? That was in Bolivia, beautiful uh, rainforest. Uh, you know, we were cruising around on these boats, basically on a dream vacation, and then we decided to ruin it by getting bitten by a giant arachnid. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> the surprising thing about that was it wasn't a quick bite with with its fangs. It basically pierced our skin and then walked its fangs through our skin, pulling pulling and tugging on our skin every time. And I didn't know they did that. It was a really crazy way that they did. That was, that was the worst one to watch. I just didn't want oh, to look at it. So almost like a kind of a fish hook, the way the fangs were? Yeah, it was like, like it was using almost his legs to walk through our skin. So it was like pop, 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 pop. And you'll, <sighs> and you'll see it in episode one, and it's just... It's hard to watch, but it's fascinating. You know, here in Las Vegas, where I am in the desert, we've got, you know, things like scorpions, but they're not the kind that you would see in other countries. They're smaller and less of a sting to them. We do have brown recluses, which actually, when you get stung by one of those, they, it starts to eat away at the, the tissue. I'm sure that you've run into that type of thing before. Well, I grew up in Oklahoma where the, it's like ground central for, for recluse. Yeah. I'm growing up in my house a lot. Uh, my mom was bitten on the back by one. Uh, most of the time, you don't get those crazy necrotic lesions, but it does happen. And now we're hearing reports from where you live in Vegas and Los Angeles, which is outside their native range. Uh, you guys probably have the desert recluse, which is not not uh, not sure about it. I think it ranges up to you guys, and they're not as potent. But now we're seeing mysterious bites uh, that maybe are from the recluse. We don't know. But people move to Vegas every day from the Midwest. They move to L.A. from the Midwest. It's possible that they're coming in people's uh, uh, furniture and things like that and could be spreading. We just don't know. The scorpions apparently come here on palm trees from Arizona. So you're right. I mean, they it's it's kind of a transportation system, really. Yeah, and that could be Centroides, the bark scorpion, which is quite potent, the most dangerous one we have in the States. What is the most venomous thing on Earth, as far as you know? Uh, as far as I know, I can give you two or three. Maybe Maybe the box jellyfish. Uh, that's really high up there. Uh, there's a snake. Uh, everyone forever thought that the inland taipan in Australia was the most venomous snake. Uh, but now they think it's this long-landed uh, coral snake in Southeast Asia that has venom glands about a third of the way down its body and super potent. You know, there's, there's a lot of other crazy... There's things like little blue-ringed octopus that'll kill you in just a few minutes with a tetrodotoxin. It's the same toxin you get in, like, the puffer fish where you have to have that chef that that cuts the sushi just perfectly, this thing can actually inject it into you. So there's there's surprising little animals out there that are super venomous. Let me ask you before I let you go, will there be another season of Kings of Pain? We hope so. Um, Adam and I's <laughs> attitude has changed drastically. <laughs> that, <laughs> that morbid curiosity that we went into season one with is, is gone. Yeah. Right. You're like, oh, what's this going to feel like? 
but we had so many surprises and unexpected results in season one that I feel like we're, we're hooked on what we're doing now. We want to make this pain index bigger. There's a lot more animals out there, and uh, we want to expand it. And, and especially with social animals that live in hives or nests, those deserve a chance to do multiple things because I feel like that's more accurate for <laughs> what we're doing with the pain index. Well, it's Kings of Pain with Rob Oliva. It's on the History Channel on Tuesday nights. So great to talk to you, Rob, and, and be safe, buddy. All right, thanks for having me on. Yeah, and I'm not sure what Rob and his partner are getting paid for this series, but it's not enough. But an incredibly compelling show to watch. That wraps up this episode of The Fake Show. I'm Jim Tofty, and I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show on SoundCloud and get alerts when there are new episodes.